Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. All Steph Curry needed was 19 points to pass Wilt Chamberlain's record as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer at 17,783 points. And all he needed was a quarter. Backs up over Michael Porter Jr. and nails a three by the left hash mark. Curry with an 11-point first quarter. Seven away from the all-time mark. 213 left in the quarter. Curry in traffic for about 30. Curry knocked it down. He's one point away from the record, and the Warriors have tied the game at 29. 17,782 for Curry. Dribble drive. Curry goes in, drives the layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Stephen Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history. Crazy. I was saying earlier, anytime you hear his name, it's... It's kind of daunting because, you know, his records are so hard. Or almost some of them are even possible to eclipse, I think. And, and you, you understand how great of a player he was. I think any time his name pops up, you almost redefine the respect level for him I and mean, what he was able to accomplish. So I know there's uh, – I can't remember exactly how many games he played as a Warrior and how many I've played. But to uh, be anywhere near him in any record book or now be on top is surreal and it's wild. Because if you grew up in the game of basketball and you hear his name, you know it's something – extremely special uh, no matter what it is and now at 17,818 points after a just a 53 pointer last night to help the Warriors beat the top-seeded Nuggets as they move on to 26 and 28 on the season 53 points for Steph Curry last night and he was lights out and yet again giving us another reason just to appreciate him even more good morning everybody uh steven lightford in with you leading you up until six o'clock as the morning roast will take you up until 10 triple a nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today and at first we will talk a little bit 
uh, about the game and what they did against the Nuggets and just how they were able to beat them and looking forward at the schedule because this was a win if you wanted to get into the play-in tournament and that's who you are as a fan right now. That's your number one focus as a Warrior fan is not only how this roster is going to look next season and how it's constructing toward next season, but it's also just focusing on this year and possibly uh, trying to get into the playoffs. But Steph Curry's 53 points, I mean, it just looked so easy last night. And the Nuggets are a damn good basketball team. You know, and, and, and we'll give some others their praise as well because there were some others. Uh, <clears throat> Draymond Green, who had a good game yesterday. Uh, but it was Steph's 53 points on 24 shots, 10 of 18 from three, and he got to the line 16 times and he knocked down 15 of them. And the dude was unstoppable. I mean, there were a couple of plays last night, one where, you know, he was just, he lost the ball completely against Jokic, who was just double teaming him the entire time. They were trying to trap Steph, and any time that he'd get out of that trap and pass out of it, Draymond would be able to knock it in for the score when he was left wide open. Uh, but Steph was just doing all these different things. I mean, when he almost turned the ball over, got the ball back, and just heaved it up from the left wing, I think you know what I'm talking about in the second half, and you're just like, what is going on? And then, poor guy, Fasundo Campazzo. I'm a big fan of him. Argentinian veteran. And really, any player, uh, any team, I think, would be lucky to have that sort of player coming off the bench in Campazzo. But there was a moment where Steph just absolutely cooked them um, from the right wing. He went behind his back and just shot it right in his face. Nothing that, the, nothing that Campuzo could do about it. There's just all these little things that Steph was doing. But let me just play this once again, because I played it after, I think it was actually against the Mavs. I wanted to say this was against the Blazers uh, on the night that he scored 62, but it wasn't that night. I believe this was against the Mavs when he put up 57 earlier this season. But there is a line from the office right toward the end. Now, if you know The Office, the first seven seasons were with Michael Scott, and they were the ones that were great. And then, of course, Steve Carell left The Office, and they filmed two more, and that was it. But on the last episode of the ninth season, where you know everyone's going their separate ways, and you know that it's the finale, it's the last that you're ever going to see of this group of people together, well, Andy Bernard said this in the show and I can't help but think of it when talking about Steph. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And the way to know, and it's a little little sad, a little, little teary-eyed in, in Andy there, but that's like the first time you've seen it. I could play any other quotes from the show, and it's just not as serious as that one. But I will say that we have a long way to go. Steph has a long way to go. And the way to know that you're in the good old days before you left them is to appreciate while you can. And what Steph is doing, every single time I talk about this guy, you know, it's always we're not going to see, you know, something like this for at least 15, 20 years. But just watching Steph night after night, I kind of changed my tune on that. And 
I just, I don't know if we're going to be seeing anything ever like this in a Golden State Warrior uniform. A player who is so loved by the fans. A guy who appears to be a warrior for life until he gets that contract. We'll see what happens, but... By all accounts, anything you hear whenever regarding Steph Curry and him having one year left up on his deal, that he will be staying in Golden State, and I do believe that he will. But we're not going to see anything like it. The way that he scores and the physicality, the things that he's been through. You know, the fact that through the first few years, a little bit injury-prone, that's why they got him on that four-year, $44 million deal. Um Great value there, and you're also getting it for one of the better players in the league. But we're just watching a guy create magic, just doing things that even though kids can practice them and out on the hard court now, you're seeing people putting up threes as opposed to going for dunks. But when I'm watching it, I'm thinking it's hard to believe that there's going to be another player out there who is going to do it as smooth and with the consistency that Steph Curry does it. And shout out to Anthony Slater for pointing this out, and I had to go back and check it out myself. But ever since coming back from the tailbone and really being this entire month of April, the past five games, listen to these point totals, 37, 41, 32, 38, and 53. He's averaging 40 points a game since he's really made his return from the tailbone injury. And he's averaging 36 minutes, shooting 46% from three on 13 attempts per game. It's unbelievable what this guy does. And I think that, for me, what helped last night and what sealed it, and I think that what finally showed itself this final time is that they need Draymond to score in order to open things up. I mean, Steph last night, he only had four assists on the night, but I could have counted eight or nine if they happen to knock him down. There are a couple open ones from Jordan Poole uh, that were missed from the corner, a couple from Kent Bazemore that were missed from the corner. But a big reason that they were open in the corner is because Draymond actually seemed to be a threat scoring the basketball. Draymond with 18 points on seven assists and seven rebounds um, on eight shots, by the way, seven of eight shooting. And really, that's looking like that's going to be peak Draymond, but um, that's the type of Draymond that you're going to need going forward if you want to have any sort of championship aspiration again. You know, getting to the finals, it's it's more than just saying a name. You need Steph to be great. You need Clay to come back and be great. You need Draymond to be great. And I know that's harsh putting it on these guys, but that's how it goes with this Western Conference uh, that continues to grow with more and more teams. And we'll see what happens with free agency and all that stuff going on next season. But I think last night showed you that in order to beat some of the best teams in the league, and the Nuggets are a damn good basketball team. They're starting five ever since adding adding Aaron Gordon in the trade deadline has been remarkable. 
But last night when you play defense the way you did on the perimeter, only holding them to 30% shooting, which is just insane considering the team. Uh, Jokic was one for five. Michael Porter was one for seven. Jamal Murray was one for five. And man, that stinks what happened with Jamal Murray um, at the end of that game. It's just something that you don't want to see when he was going up uh, to make the shot. And then he, you could just tell that his uh, left knee gave out on him. And, and, you know, who knows what the update is, but it just did not look good uh, with Jamal Murray. So we await an update uh, on that regarding his, his left leg. But, man, that just really stunk to see. But yeah, the, the fact is that the Warriors held them to 30% shooting on threes. And they weren't that great themselves. However, it was Steph. Steph with the magic in the first half. I mean, in the first quarter alone, you can't tell me that Steph was not looking at that record. Whenever we go to the past, and I was actually looking up some stuff before the show started, and I went back to the time where he uh, broke the record for all-time threes made in a single game, which was at the time 13 uh, before, of uh, of course, headband Clay broke that record. But if you listen to the post game after he hit the 13th shot, him and Steve Kerr didn't even know that that was occurring. You know, there are certain things like that. He did know earlier in the season that he would be passing up Reggie Miller and his all-time record for made threes. He did know that earlier in the year, but he definitely knew that he was going to be passing Wilt Chamberlain at 17,783 points, passing him, and all he needed was 19. And in the first quarter, he was 6 of 9 from the field. Five of those makes were from three, and he had 21 points and went to the line four times, and all he needed was 19. I'm, I'm thinking that last night... He had it in his mind that he was going to go out and beat this record. And all it took was the first quarter. And then he capped it off with an entire 53-point night. 888 is the text line and the phone number. Express your appreciation for Steph here on the pregame show because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Maybe a little bit of baseball, too, sprinkled in toward the end. But we'll be talking about Steph. You'll hear from Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, all of them going forward. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Curry backs up over Michael Porter Jr. and nails a three by the left hash mark. Curry with an 11-point first quarter. Seven away for the all-time mark. 2.13 left in the quarter. Curry in traffic for about 30. Curry knocked it down. He's one point away from the record, and the Warriors have tied the game at 29. 17,782 for Curry. Dribble drive. Curry goes in, drives a layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Stephen Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 17,818. And rising as Steph Curry breaks Wilt Chamberlain's record as the all-time leading scorer. Wilt had 17,783 points. Now Steph has upwards of 17,800. And he is just going to continue 
to score the way that he does consistently. And it's like, I mean, this dude, what more is there to say about him? He averages 44% or 43% from three for his career. I mean, the totals that he has are just staggering considering that he's only played in 745 games. And when you look at some other guys, I mean, uh, there's a pretty cool moment. We'll play uh, later on for you with Chris Mullen, of course, Warriors legend. Um, he's next on the all-time scoring list for the NBA. Uh, he's next ahead of Curry at 17,911, and there's a pretty cool moment between uh, Mullen and Curry on the post game uh, after Steph broke the record. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. But the thing with Curry for me and what – last night just absolutely validated is that if you had to give me one player this year, if you had to give me one player to watch, I don't care who's on the MVP ladder. I don't care if Steph didn't make it there for whatever reason, probably because the first 11 games, uh, it took a, it took a while for Curry to get going, but there'd be no one else. I would rather watch play game by game than Steph. If you gave me an option, if someone came in here and said, hey, Steven, you only got one player that you can watch for the rest of the NBA season, which player would you take? It'd have to be Steph. Because, look, I get Giannis. You could probably choose him out there with the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you were to watch Giannis, I mean, sure, it'd be... Unbelievable to watch him every single night, every single minute, power through defenses and, you know, treat all of them as if they're children, if he's as if he's the man amongst boys. And that's fun to watch. But also I would get frustrated come playoff time when Giannis decides that he should take threes because no one else on his team is scoring instead of getting to the hoop. Sure, I could choose LeBron, but... LeBron barely tries in the regular season anymore, it feels like. He just turns it on when he wants to. Kawhi, same thing. Some nights, he just seems like he takes nights off. Some other nights, he just, you know, actually plays the way Kawhi, or we expect Kawhi to play. Dame Lillard could choose him. Nikola Jokic could choose him. We saw him last night and what he can do. But... There's nobody like Steph, and there's nobody who I would rather watch. And in those 53 points that he scored last night, every single one of them, the way that he was shooting with confidence and the way that he was getting trapped, the way that he was getting blitzed on the screen and rolls, and yet still was able to come away with points. Let me read these off again. He's averaging 40 points in the last five games, ever since that loss to Atlanta. And he's averaging 46% from three on 13 shots. And when we look back on these all-time leaders, you know, when we look back on Wilt's career, when we look back on Reggie Miller or Ray Allen, you know, we can look at those guys and say those are that's the name that Steph Curry's in the conversation with. Those are the names that he's in the conversation with. And it's unbelievable that he's with those names in the first place. But the way that he is doing it, it's not like the way that they did it. The way that he 
gets open for the threes. It's it's just something that you've never really seen before. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. I'm going to try and live in the now because you know at the beginning of the year after those sixty two points with the Blazers and seeing the way that he was coming back, I'm thinking you're not going to see this for another. 15, 20 years, whatever it may be. But now as the season's gone on and seeing how he's performed, and also when I listed off those players and talked about taking some of these regular season game games off, Steph doesn't do that. Steph doesn't take regular season games off. If you heard KD and Dre on that podcast, the thing the, there were a couple of you know sound clips that were making the rounds, but one thing that they mentioned that really no one took notice of, but it was how they were talking about those early teams and how maybe in the first seven, eight minutes, they'd goof around a little bit. Then they'd understand when to turn it on and they could be down by 17. Then all of a sudden they could just cut that deficit uh, by the time a quarter's over and they could win the game by the end. And those were maybe the times where you might have seen Steph become a little lackadaisical. But this year, when he knows that in order for the Warriors to do anything, not only does he have to be great this year, but he has to be elite with the talent that is around him at the moment. And when, you know, Dre scoring 18 points is a little bit of a different story. Uh, But nevertheless, Steph is the greatest shooter that we've ever seen and at some point down the line, I do believe that he's going to sign a, uh, another contract with the Warriors, get an extension, then go on to beat Ray Allen's all-time three-point scored record, which really I think is the most important on the list. And it's pretty amazing, actually, going uh, going through the all-time scoring leaders for the NBA. Uh, the active players that are on this list, obviously you got LeBron, who's uh, third all-time at the moment with 35,000 points. But then you got Carmelo, then you got KD, then you got James Harden, then you got Russell Westbrook, but then you got LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge, just under 20,000 points. Then you got Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, and then Steph is next up. And the next guy is going to pass on the all-time scoring record for the NBA is Chris Mullen at 17,911. So, of course, he's got 94 more to go in order to break that record. But as mentioned, there was a moment where on the broadcast, Chris Mullen, of course, along with Bonte and Durrell, uh, was on and they were talking to Steph. And here's Chris Mullen congratulating Steph on passing uh, Wilt's record. What up? What's up, Mullen? Hey, Steph, on all the former players that you put in your rearview mirror, I want to congratulate you on becoming the Warriors franchise all-time leading scorer. Just an amazing accomplishment and milestone, one of many that you've already accomplished in your historic NBA career. But yet, passing Will Chamberlain is just an amazing milestone. I mean, I've watched you from day one, and it's just been a pleasure and a joy to watch you. So congratulations, of course. But more important, I want to thank you for the way you've done it, the things you're able to do on the basketball court, your work ethic, your discipline, your dedication is unmatched. Uh, your fitness level, which just takes time and, and true leadership, your appreciation of your teammates. I mean, it's just you bring so much joy and happiness to the world. And it's, it's so appreciated. 
So I just want to say thank you for that. And probably maybe more importantly, Steph, your humility, your integrity, your class, and your grace, that you, the way you carry yourself on and off the court, just a true role model for, for young and old. So really just want to say congratulations and thank you for being you, Steph Curry. No, no, how much that means, man. I mm, appreciate you for the acknowledgement. Obviously, when you get respect from people that have walked the same hallways and taking the same court and understand the ups and downs of what this this league is about and that means that respect means so much to me and my family and i uh i appreciate that i'm happy to be able to represent everybody that's worn this uniform you know the guys that are in the rafters like yourself it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy to to know uh what tonight meant so i appreciate that molly more than you know 745 games 745 games in order to get to this record, in order to pass Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time Warriors scoring record. I mean, it took some of these other guys, man, almost 1,000 games to get to where they're at. But it's just unbelievable what hearing that and knowing that Steph is historically great and really, as Warrior fans, I mean... We hope that we could see another Steph Curry, but as far as teams' stars go and the best player of all time with each team, for example, if you're a Bulls fan, you probably understood that once Michael Jordan's career was over that you're not going to see another Michael Jordan in a Bulls uniform. You're never going to see anything like that again. And that might be true for Warrior fans now. I don't know if we're going to be seeing another player like Steph. Not only what he does on the court, the efficiency, the way that he the, his handles, the, the way that he carries himself, the fact that he's not much of a, a guy who's crying to refs in this day and age when it feels like every superstar is crying to the refs on every single play. He's remained even-keeled. No one's ever had a bad thing to say about Steph. No one's ever had a bad thing to say about him, except for the fact that on the outside, he's all nice, but on the inside, he's got that killer instinct and he shows it on the court. He might annoy people with the shimmy, whatever, but has anyone really had a bad word to say about Steph Curry? What he did last night, passing the record, but not only doing that, doing it within the first quarter, having a 21-point first quarter. And then passing the record at that point already and then scoring 53 points. Just unbelievable. In order to get them a very important win, by the way. A very important win. As the Warriors are 26-28 and 28 on the year, beating the 34-20 and 20 Nuggets. We'll get into the schedule and what that means going forward. But we will continue to play some sound from Steph. Because it was just an emotional time, you could tell for him, uh, with Draymond, with... Uh, with with Clay Thompson, with Steve Kerr, all of that. You could tell that it meant something to him. A really cool moment to witness in sports last night. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Curry backs up over Michael Porter Jr. and nails a three by the left hash mark. Curry with an 11-point first quarter. Seven away from the all-time mark. 2.13 left in the quarter. Curry in traffic. 
for about 30. Curry knocked it down. He's one point away from the record, and the Warriors have tied the game at 29. 17,782 for Curry. Dribble drive. Curry goes in, drives the layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Stephen Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Steph was certainly certainly feeling himself last night. As you heard Tim Roy say, and if you didn't hear already, Steph has passed Wilt Chamberlain's record as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer at 17,783 points. And all Steph Curry needed was a quarter as he had 21 points in the first quarter and he ended with 53 on the night. Now he's got 17,818 points total. And I I think that, you know, there's so much good that we could say about Steph and just the way that he's carried himself for all of his career. It's actually pretty crazy. There was a store, uh, YouTube video that popped up, and this was during his time at Davidson when he made a run in March Madness and all eyes were on Davidson, the underdog, the lovable underdog. And Steph Curry was the face of that, and he was doing late-night hits when the dude was in college. He was doing Conan. Looking up an interview, and it's with Conan. I'm like, what? You know, and Conan, it's a little different because Conan's wearing a suit and tie, and now he's trying to go with the more casual look for his show. I don't even know if his show's still going on anymore, but Steph was on Conan when he was in college. And all the way up to now, the spotlight in some form or fashion has been on him and everything that he's done for this organization, for this fan base, uh, for the city of Oakland, giving back. There's nobody like Steph Curry, and you know, just looking at Wilt's uh, Wilt's stats here, you know, for from his first few years here, uh, leading up with the Warriors on the way to the 76ers. But I mean, he was averaging. Here's here's how his minutes averaged each season, all the way up until he went to Philadelphia: forty six, forty seven, forty eight, forty seven. 46, 45. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different uh, than Steph Curry there. But the way that Curry's done it is just so much different than the way anyone else has done it. And he found a way, and take analytics out of it. Analytics is just a fancy word for numbers used to gain an advantage. Take the analytics out of it. What's just a fact is that the three-pointer is worth more than a two-pointer. And Steph realized that instead of maybe getting your points like Shaq, getting your points like Wilt, getting your points like Kareem, doing it from the post, doing dunks, post moves, whatever, Steph decided, nah, you know what? I'm going to perfect my shot from outside a three-point range. And I'm going to do it with a flair that no one's ever played with it before. And I'm also going to do it in a way 
that revolutionizes basketball and has people realizing, oh, we need to catch up to that guy. I mean, the Draymond and Kevin Durant mentioned this on their podcast as well, but the fact that the Warriors were first in three-point attempts in one season, I believe it was in 2017, then you move forward to 2018, they moved to like 17th in three-point attempts because everyone in the league was trying to follow them. And that was headlined by Steph. And I don't know if there's going to be another career for me personally that I'll see like this. You know, I I was a fan when uh, the We Believe Warriors were playing, and, you know, I was watching playoffs. I was real young at the time. I was about 12 or 13 years old, so I was watching them when the playoffs came around. Um then really got into them really as soon as Steph uh, got drafted. And to watch this guy grow from a guy who had doubters, someone who couldn't possibly take over for what Monte Ellis brought to the team, to headline them going into the playoffs along with Mark Jackson, and then to be the MVP, the two-time MVP of this team, while also bringing them to being one of the best offenses that basketball's ever seen, and to have the best regular season record that the NBA's ever seen. Now, if the finals, if they would have won the finals and Kyrie maybe didn't make that shot, then this could have been a completely different story. But he still got him to two more championships after that, and now he's still trying his ass off. And not giving up. I mean, think about it. I'm not trying to knock LeBron because we all know LeBron is the greatest player of this generation, right? He's 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 almost like as big as the game of basketball. That's how popular LeBron has been for the past twenty years, and that's how much spotlight that he's been in. But when that season wasn't really working out with the Lakers, kind of just took it off. You know, and at the end got hurt, and by that time, they got Anthony Davis, and they finally got him a team that can contend. But Steph clearly knows that this team is not going to contend for a championship. And ever since coming back from the tailbone contusion, in these past five games, he's averaging 40 points a night on 13 shots, 46% from three. The dude does not give up. And when you hear Steph talking like this, just about what it's like to play for this franchise, it makes you proud to be a Warrior fan, but it also makes you proud to be a Steph Curry fan as well. Representing this fan base and the thing, understanding that we've been a lot of people that have contributed, but we've established a championship pedigree, and um, that's really hard to do. And something that nobody can take away from you. And it's created so many amazing moments and relationships. And anybody who I got to play with in this these last 12 years, you know, I see their face. It brings back a memory. It brings back a, a good thought about that particular time. So to represent that and still be here, you know, 12 years and trying to uh, get back to the mountaintop, it's a great place to play. And, you know, it's been, it's a pretty, it's been a wild journey all the way through. Now, when it's all said and done, most likely, Clay, Draymond, and Steph, it's not going to be like it's all three of them until the end, right? It's, I don't know if they're all going to be uh, Warriors for life. 
I mean, depending if they want to retire after that last contract, which I will, I will guarantee that Clay does not want to finish on this contract alone. He's going to want to get another one. And I'm sure the same could be said for Dre, depending on what he's going to want to do with broadcasting by the time his contract is up. But something that Steph, and why we always point to this core three here, but something that Steph, Clay, and Dre, what makes them so special is that they really have been through all the ups and downs together with this team. And they're the ones that are still standing. They are the veterans now, right? And you look at, let's just say, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they're a great team right now. The best in the Western Conference at this current moment. But Devin Booker's the only one from those Suns teams before in the early part of the decade when they were the worst team in the league. Devin Booker's the only player left on that team. You know, Steph, Dre, and Clay, they've stuck around. And when Draymond was congratulating Steph last night, and the whole point that I'm bringing this up is because watching that, you could just you just know that those two have been through a lot together. You know, completely different personalities. Dre's the loud, boisterous type, and Steph is the quiet, sort of speak with his actions rather than his words, that sort of thing. At least that's how it's portrayed on the court. But here's Steph afterwards talking about how Draymond congratulated him after breaking a Wilts record in the first quarter. You know, me and Draymond, obviously, growing up in the game together, if you will, and he's contributed so much to this 17, 8, 18. Like, he's the chemistry that we've developed and playing off of each other and elevate our game to, you know, the highest of highs. That was a special moment for sure to appreciate how he's poured into me, how I've poured into him, and that bond that we'll, we'll always have. So, you know, we have a, a, a lot of new guys who haven't been around for a, a big stretch of, of my career, but, you know, Draymond and Clay have, have obviously been huge factors in my individual success and us as a team. And anything that you do individually where you acknowledge you first thought is who else contributed and, and, and made that possible with, you know, their efforts and their attitude and, you know, what they brought to the table. So that was a special moment for sure. And that's something that Fitz actually brought up on the broadcast last night. But Steph's been averaging 30 points on 46 games this year. And he's been averaging six assists. And he's been doing it all without Clay. Doing it without a true number two shooting guard. You know, a, a guy who's going to get you 20 to 25 points a night. But he's been doing it without Clay Thompson, one of the best shooters in the world. Now, before we actually look forward ahead at the schedule and discuss how important the win uh, was last night. Just one more clip from Steph, and he talks about the relationship that he has with Warrior fans and what the record means. 
based on that relationship. Here's Steph after the game. It's something to celebrate for sure. Like you said, I got somebody brought up the tweet I had when in my my rookie year. Talking about we were gonna figure this out. It's the last thing we do. Like I had no idea what I was talking about back in my, my my rookie year, but I had so much confidence in myself and and what I was capable of at this level. And you know, Dub Nation has seen that growth and progress and a little bit more facial hair. So it's like a whole kind of you know just special bond of that drive to a championship, the three rings we got, this new kind of. Re- set and climb and, and trying to get back there and and, and obviously me, me myself or myself Draymond and Clay you know, the core still trying to get it done but there's always just this accumulation of moments and memories and the whole deal that it's all been here and it's been my only NBA experience and it's been amazing so uh wouldn't have it any other way his only NBA experience being able to watch this dude grow into the superstar that he is. And the fact that, I mean, there's got to be at least three more seasons in which he can do this, right? I mean, there's got to be with Steph. And his totals for his career, I mean, he gets damn near 2,500 to, or excuse me, looking at the minutes there. He gets damn near 2,000 points a season, close to it, and he does it shooting the threes. Now he's got 1,400 on the year uh, so far, but he could still climb atop that all-time scoring list within the NBA, not just for guys in their Warrior uniform. And he's got at least three more to go. (laughs) The amount of three-pointers that he makes on average per year is just... It's just insane, uh, but he could break he could break Ray Allen's all time three points record with within due time. It's just insane to think, you know. Yeah, he broke Wilt's record, but this is nowhere near the end for Steph Curry. Uh, but last night was a big win as they did get the win one sixteen to one hundred seven over the Nuggets. And you know, first off, before we even say anything, it just really stinks what happened with Jamal Murray at the end of that game. You know, it's uh, and as Warrior fans, it was a celebratory night for Steph and him scoring 53. We know how important that all is. And we were going to come in here and talk about that on Monday or excuse me, the next morning on Tuesday. But, you know, when Jamal Murray got hurt, reality kind of sets in a little bit and you realize that not every one of these athletes are are superhuman, and sometimes when stuff goes down like that with about a minute left to go in the game, and quite frankly, who knows how that game could have ended? Who knows? Because the Nuggets were on a run. I believe they were on to a, an 11-4 to scoring run really ever since Steph Curry came back in with about six minutes left, and they started surging their way uh, toward the lead, but then... Of course, Jamal Murray gets hurt, and it just stinks to see that. And hopefully Jamal Murray uh, is okay and can come back next season because uh, we like the Western Conference to remain competitive. And also, you want another superstar alongside uh, Nikola Jokic there on the Nuggets, and I think that they were expecting to make a run uh, going forward these playoffs. So that just stunk to see. So uh, get better, Jamal Murray, and you know just hope for a speedy recovery and that that he can come back better than ever because he is an incredibly fun player to watch. Uh, But this game was pretty important as far as 
uh, continuing to get within that play-in spot. Right now, as it stands, the Mavs are at 7, the Grizzlies are at 8, the Spurs are at 9, the Warriors are at 10, and the Pelicans are a game behind them at 11. So 8 through 11 seeds right now, they're all separated by a game each. And the fact that the Spurs have won two straight, the Warriors have won two straight as well, there's no crazy change in the standings. But we were looking at these next five games and thinking, okay, the Wizards and the Nuggets want to split that. But then when they lost to the Wizards, you're thinking, oh, no, they're going to start this thing 0-2. But now they go on this road trip. They're going to OKC. They got no practice today. They're on their way to Oklahoma City uh, to, on the way to Oklahoma City to play the Thunder. Shea Gilgis Alexander and the Thunder. And don't forget about Alexei Pokushevsky, the star rookie on the Thunder. But we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But they got the Thunder, the Cavs, the Celtics, the Sixers, and then the Wizards again on this five-game roadie, and it's very possible that they can go 4-1, and one, depending on how the Celtics are feeling in Boston. The Celtics have been one of the most inconsistent teams. Uh, the Celtics have been one of those inconsistent teams this season. There was a report that went on that, you know, there are some players who don't like Tristan Thompson, and now all of a sudden they're trying to refute those reports and that he's not in it for the game, and all of a sudden, you know, Jason Tatum will go out and score you 40 and then you're like, okay, the Celtics are back. But then there's other games where you think, ah, I, don't, I don't know what to make of the Celtics this year is really the point that I'm trying to get at. But they're away at the Thunder, they're away at the Cavs, away at the Celtics and the Sixers and the Wizards. And this five-game stretch coming up when each team is within one seed, eight through 11 right now, each team is within one game of each other. You have to stack up the wins on this stretch when you can because it is the easier stretch among any of those teams. And that's where I'm at this season. That's where I'm at. You don't have to think this team needs to be a play-in team. You don't have to think that playoffs matter at all this year. But for me personally, I want them to get that play-in spot. I do. The, the the worst case scenario to me would be getting that 11th seed and the Timberwolves keeping that top three protected pick and not having it convey. That would be the worst outcome for me. I'd be happy to get the draft pick that comes along uh, with being 11th in the Western Conference, but I would much rather have them get into this play-in spot see if they can squeak their way into the playoffs, and then we have a fun first round, and maybe they upset a team. Who knows? But I need, I want to see them get this playing spot this year. I want to see them get the 7th through 10th, and that's why these next few games are crucial. Because James Wiseman is is no longer in now. And, and really, actually, last night, I'm not going to lie to you, there was a thought that crossed my mind um, as Draymond is you know scoring 18 points on 7 of 8 shooting. But as the rest of the team, not looking too great. Wiggins scoring 17 points on 17 shots. Uh, it's a very Wiggins type of performance. Uh, but the team, besides Steph, not shooting too well from three. Overall, they shot 40% from three. But that's because Steph knocked down 10 of his 18. And I'm not going to lie. There was a thought that hit me that next season uh, when Wiseman does come back. I mean, it's it's not just 
you know, you want to see him develop and come back from that injury safely. If you're going to win games and you're going to have any hope going toward the playoffs next year, you're going to need Wiseman to be freaking good right away. Because if another player, say, is scoring the way that Draymond was scoring, a big man is scoring the way that Draymond was scoring, I don't know if we can expect that every night. As a matter of fact, I do not think we can expect that every night. But if we're getting an 18-7 and 7 night from Draymond, I don't know if he's going to get that every night, but we need scoring elsewhere, and James Wiseman is going to have to be that guy. It was just a thought that crossed my mind last night uh, as the game was going on, as I'm wondering how I'm going to talk about Steph going into this year. From the 925, all those points with all the missed time due to injury, especially early in his career. From the 707, Langford, you think these would be Steph's averages with Clay 30, 10, and 6? I don't know. I don't know. That's just a massive hypothetical. Uh, before we get to the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Bushaski, and Bonta Hill, I can't wait to hear all of their thoughts on these games. But real quick, I was going to come in here today and, you know, let's just say Steph didn't score the 19. Let's just say for some reason he didn't score 20 points last night. Then I would have been coming in here talking about. The fact that the Yays are starting to mount themselves a little comeback as uh, they have won four of their last five. They're surging right now. But then the Giants, and one thing I was going to come in here talking about was their starting pitching and the fact that it is keeping them afloat. But last night, I think what's going on with the Giants reared its true ugly head, which is, you know, you can get a decent start out of your starter like they got out of Aaron Sanchez last night. But if you don't have any run support, who cares? I mean, who cares if the starting pitcher gave up three hits of his own when your team is only getting two hits as they, uh, as they fell last night to the Cincinnati Reds, a very good Cincinnati Reds team. But it was crazy because going into that game, they'd only given up two home runs total as a starting staff. And Logan Webb was the only guy to give up a couple of home runs. The rest of the rest of the starting staff hadn't given one up until last night. I was going to come in here talking about that, but instead, Steph put a little tamper into the situation, and I am totally okay with that, as he has now passed Wilt Chamberlain as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer. He now has 17,818 points and counting. All right. Coming up today on The Morning Roast, as I wait for it to pull up, they're going to have Dave Fleming at 8 o'clock. They're going to have Rick Barry at 8.50. Rick Barry, always a can't-miss interview. And then they're going to have Matt Barnes at 9.20. So a good day overall. But here's the one thing that I want to leave with you before I hand it off to The Morning Roast. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. We know it, Andy Bernard. We know it now. We are in the good days of Steph with the Warriors. All right, the morning roast coming up next. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. Tune into the roast now. Bay Area. It's Joe Shasky from the morning roast. You're listening to KG.